Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Dan's podcast. The podcast by me, Dan. It's a podcast. I speak into a microphone. It goes into your ears. That's what a podcast is. That's the intro, apparently. I've recorded it so many times, it will have to do. Um, A brief, brief description of what this podcast will be going forward, so you have an understanding of whether or not it will be interesting to you or not. This is going to be episodes on things that I find interesting, discussions on topics that I can't really have with people in my life because they're not interested in having these types of discussions. So it will be on a variety of topics such as politics, things happening in society, spirituality, um, non-dualism, science, technology and philosophy. If that's something that interests you, maybe stick around and learn something new. Maybe you won't learn anything new. Um, And if it's not, then there you go. Here's your your get out clause. You can go now. In the future, what I'm wanting to do is bring on people to talk about these subjects. And whilst I appreciate podcasts like the Joe Rogan Experience, although I don't really listen to it since it's moved to Spotify, because listening to an ad every five minutes for 30 seconds... definitely distract from the content um, and podcasts like the Sam Harris podcast, um, Lex Friedman, there's there's hundreds, hundreds of amazing podcasts out there. One thing I feel lacks or one thing I feel the podcast world lacks a wee bit is discussions between kind of your average everyday person and I don't mean average as a derogatory sense because I think it's super important and imperative that we get the ideas and thoughts of, of you know, the, the majority of people, what they think about what's happening in the world, what their feelings are on certain topics, and I think those discussions could be more interesting because the, you're you're going to be taking in information from a, a larger, more varied source, so to speak, rather than kind of very focused niche subjects. And there's, of course, room for that, and it's and I, I, I enjoy listening to these things myself. But what I wanted to do was to kind of ground it more in, in your everyday person type of thing. Someone like me, just like a random person who you're apparently listening to at the moment, but we'll see how long that lasts for. So that's where the podcast is going to be going forward. I will... I removed myself from social media well over a decade ago, so I have to go through the whole... The rigmarole of of setting up things where people can contact me. So and I need to get an email organized for the podcast and set up a Twitter account. People use Instagram apparently now. I don't know what that is. If you need Facebook for it, I'm not going to be on there because I cannot be bothered dealing with that. Um, but I'll at least get Twitter and an email set up so people can contact me. And in the future, I'll be doing live streams where we can have video discussions with people on a wide variety of topics that will be chosen either by you or by me. It depends on whether there's enough interest to garner user input on topics. If there's not, I'll just pick things that interest me and I would see if I can hunt down people that want to have these types of discussions. So that's really what this this episode was about, giving a very brief outline of what to expect going forward. To pad it out, I don't want to say pad it out, actually, that detracts from what I'm about to say. It's not padding out, it's very important, it's very, very meaningful. But what I'm going to do is um, read, everybody loves that, listen to me read, I'm going to read um, three three passages that I wrote um, on spirituality and mindfulness in terms of how it relates to our idea of consciousness and how we perceive reality, um, kind of different takes on them 
Uh, each one isn't very long, about five, six hundred words. Um, to give you an idea of some of the things that interest me in the area of um, self-awareness and our ability to identify with our own consciousness as something that's personal to us, stay tuned for future episodes if you're not interested in listening to that, because that's coming up now. Um, and I will make sure to put the subject matter in the title of any podcast going forward so you can see at a glance whether or not that subject is something that will interest you. The first one is titled Lessons of Stepping Stones. From us, a reality is manifest. Our intentions and beliefs about that reality give rise to its shape and timber. Approach a situation with dread and despair and the situation is sure to be dreadful and despairing. Approach it with curiosity and hope and it's sure to be educational and sanguine. Opinions run rampant through a digital web and how easy it is to spew venom and contempt at those who espouse them. There is too much information so what can you do but create boxes and into those boxes slot each new piece of information through some judgement of approximation. To truly give them the time would take many lifetimes over, better to have everything neatly sorted over not sorted at all. We all hear it, all feel it. The chaotic cacophony is nearing its climatic note and who knows what happens next. Maybe the Tower of Cards will collapse. But what does it mean? Mean for who? Is the pattern starting to be seen for what it is? Can't you see what's happening? Pay close attention to this part, watch me and learn. I place a stone down and take a step forward. I place another stone down and take another step forward. Now I know where I started. I place a thousand stones as I walk a thousand steps and now I can no longer see where I started from but I can always follow the stones back to remind myself. But you cheated me and changed the stones whilst I wasn't looking. Now as I follow them back to the start, thinking I know where they lead, I am somewhere entirely new and still I exclaim, this is where I began. Who is the fool? Are you so certain those stones are yours? Dip the quill in ink, write the words. Dip the quill in ink, write the words. Forget to dip and the words stop. The pattern is manifesting. Inquiry, explanation. Inquiry, explanation. I know where I inquire from. I've explained it quite clearly. You're doing it again. I'm trying to show you the pattern for what it is, but you keep doing it without recognising it. Can't you see how silly that is? For a minute, please stop and pay attention. Read each word with uber intention. It's imperative you stop placing stones, otherwise this lesson will be indefinitely postponed. The pattern you see can arise in a multitude of guises, and without due caution you'll be blind to its surprises. Can we get back to the boxes? Remember we were sorting everything into boxes? We did a thing and then moved forward, but we can always return so long as we follow the stones home. Do you remember when you placed that first stone? God only knows it was so long ago. We placed a stone and took a step forward, and before we knew it we were lost, much like the pattern in that previous verse. The second one is titled, Reality Will Always Be Real. This is a tricky one to puzzle out, but the idea has been coalescing in me for a while now and I thought I'd put the feelers out in case anyone else could latch on. We experience our conscious waking state as a real experience, an observation of phenomena that are taking place or at least appear to be taking place within our subjective experience. Whilst under the effects of a strong psychedelic such as DMT, this reality appears to morph and change into something entirely distinct, but still the fundamental realness of the experience remains intact. I've had lucid dreams intermittently throughout my life, and in a recent dream I was so astutely aware I was dreaming, 
My mind felt as sober as it had ever felt, and the lucidity of the experience was awe-inspiring. During this dream, I made it my priority to get a sense of how real this dream experience was. I had just fallen off the top of a skyscraper, which had prompted the lucidity, as I would have expected to be dead and gone otherwise. I approached a lady sitting in a nearby bus terminal, and she was 100% aware that I was lucid dreaming, and she smiled at me with a neat, huh, expression on her face. I knelt down and asked her if I could take some time to study her, and she smiled, didn't show any sign that she objected. I started with her eyes, and I can see the flecks of imperfections in her irises, each individual eyelash, the wet sheen of her eyes reflecting the scattering light across their convex surfaces. I can see the tiny wrinkles on her face, the pores of her skin stretching and morphing along with the subtle movements of the muscles under her skin. I can see the stitching in her clothes. I can feel the material of, of it rough against my hands as my fingers trace across it. She's sitting on a silver metal bench. It's cold and hard, and small drops of moisture have beaded where the condensation inside the terminal had condensed against its cold surface and formed individual droplets. It is so undeniably real, and the only reason I know it isn't is because I just fell from a height that experience and knowledge told me would end in my death, or at the very least, permanent bodily damage. She looks at me and says, pretty fucking real, right? And I wake up, slightly unsure of where I am because the transition from dream to reality is instantaneous. There's no change in cognitive feel. It felt like a slideshow transition. One moment, I'm in a bus stop with a lady I've never seen before, knowing I'm dreaming but in awe at how real the experience is. And within a fraction of a second, I'm staring up at my ceiling, apparently awake in my bedroom. There was no disconnect from experience. This got me thinking. If I was lucid in a surreal experience, say for instance, instead of a woman, it had been a talking frog with multiple heads levitating above a singing cheese sandwich, would it have felt as real? From a lucidity standpoint, I can only ex imagine the experience itself would feel as real, but perhaps the alien nature of the events playing out would dampen or muddy that realness. And here is where I get stuck. In most dreams, we aren't aware we're dreaming. So strange and wonderful things happen all the time and we don't question it. Being chased through an underground bunker by a crazed demon and suddenly you're skateboarding in a shopping mall, it's all good. For the most part, rationale doesn't jump in and start complaining. Having a full-on psychedelic experience, rationale can absolutely step in there and be the distinct feeling that something is off. Similar to dreams, you can be so caught up in the experience of tripping that you don't question it. Or you can be acutely aware that you're under the effects of a drug. Lucidity is not constrained to the dream world. Ever since I can remember, I have had moments when the waking world, or our reality, feels very ethereal, as if I'm close to remembering something about it, but I just can't put my finger on it, as if something is off, but I can't quite work out what. It's almost like a growing sense of lucidity, and at times I will be hit with the sensation of how real it all feels, this waking reality. But a sensation of, wow, this feels real, brings up the question, how do I know what real feels like? Like in the analogy to the Matrix, how did the machines know what chicken tastes like? Maybe that's why everything tastes like chicken. Where did this measurement of something real originate from? I'm comparing the realness of an experience to something I know or define as real, which would be this waking experience. But in a lucid dream, I exclaim, this feels so real or under the effects of DMT, this feels realer than real. But the real we refer to has no basis in reality. It only feels real because we have defined something that feels real as an experience which aligns with our most common and prevalent version of real, 
which is why and what we mostly refer to as a sober waking state of mind. Imagine if someone was kept perpetually in a state of lucid dreams and fed intravenously until they were 30 and then we started to wake them up for 8 hours a day. Would they experience this waking reality as a type of dream? Something very close to real but not quite? It's an interesting question. I wrote that after a fairly traumatic dimethyltryptamine experience where I started to question the reality of reality, so to speak. Um, and it did, it got me really thinking about what we call reality, um, how we define it. And the last one I want to read is called The Ferociously Impersonal Eye. And I'm trying to keep this as bite-sized as I can muster. There's a lot of talk regarding finding peace, eternal happiness, yada yada, in spiritual circles. But if there's one red flag that I can think anyone with any semblance of spiritual maturity will pick up on, it's sentiments such as these. An honest look into your psyche will reveal a particularly shoddy illusion. Feelings emotions we have are constructed through life events. Exposure to ideas, peers and our society. If you have feelings towards political issues, it comes from ego. If you have feelings regarding morality, right and wrong, it comes from ego. I am not lambasting ego here. I'm just outlining it for what it really is and how so many who claim to be awake still cling to it like a babe to the teeth. I could type one word beginning with N and I'm certain it would have me banned from here. I could express one of any number of ideas that run so vehemently counterculture that it would invoke emotional distress to many who read it. But why? Ego. Attachment. The honest truth of it is complete neutrality. Our world has become so enraptured in ego that it dominates all aspects of our societies. The way we live, what our children are exposed to, the ideas that propagate through our heads and so many of us that claim to be in pursuit or on the path to awakening are, to put it bluntly, bullshitting ourselves. You stand with this political movement. Great, good for you. That's pure attachment to ego. You think everyone should be treated this way. Ego once again is holding the steering wheel. The truth is so irrefutable when you see it that anyone who claims to be awakened and still tries to impose any kind of boundaries upon your behaviour should be lambasted a charlatan and a fraud. The truth is so irrefutable that when you see it there ceases to be a reason for concern over your behaviour. This is not to be taken as an argument for immoral behaviour as it is recognised, as anyone who has seen the truth by proxy would not engage in actions considered such. Awakening is the drawing open of the veil to show you that your emotions are impersonal, that what you feel about something is as meaningless or as meaningful as the fluttering of a leaf in the wind, that any semblance of meaning is a conjuration act enacted upon reality by the ego mind, the understanding that the understanding itself is a different fruit from the same tree. I am not casting down acting in this manner because to not act in this manner requires it to be manifest. It is only through darkness that light can be manifest, or in plain speak, everything exists on a scale. Think of oscillations and vibrations. The eternal I is furiously impersonal. It is not you, it is not me, it is I, it is all. It is pure love and it is pure evil. It is everything that fills your heart with joy and peace, and it is everything that fills your heart with fear and horror. It is the meta contrast that every other detail is housed inside. And so these are the types of ideas and topics I would like to explore more deeply going forward. As I said, I'd also like to talk about some political things, some philosophical things, um, 
what's going on in our world culturally and and, and from a societal standpoint. And to re-emphasize, the main aim of this podcast is to have discussions with people and to maybe learn from each other. I think any fruitful conversation is one that ends in both parties having learned something not only about the subject at hand but also about themselves. So in the next episode I will have contact information available so we can start to get that ball rolling and the next episode will be more um, structured so it'll be a, a specific talking point that will be explored in more depth. It won't just be the continuation of these excerpts. That was just something to to, to give an, an indication and an idea of, of, of where my mind is at on, 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 on at least the subject of consciousness and self-awareness. I do hope to join us then. Um, I appreciate if you've made it this far, you are a saint and a hero. I hope I was legible. I hope the Scottish accent wasn't too distracting. And yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope we have some sort of communication going forward next, uh, going forward in the future. So thank you very much and have the best of weeks. And until next time, goodbye.